everyone and welcome back to no beer left behind i am brian here in north texas and drinking that good good joined by my good friend frank and austin frank how are you brian doing fantastic we had fantastic weather here today so now for a for a saturday in what like early february i guess can't even call it mid-february yet yeah um 70 degrees Cloudy in the morning, sun broke out right around four, you know, not too hot. Got some shit down around the house. Yeah, he cannot complain. You know, just life is beautiful. Had a good day. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was brisk up here in North Texas. It was, uh, it was, uh, 30 something degrees this morning. Ooh, and then it, then it bounced up to an upper 50s. I don't think it, okay. it allegedly broke 60, but, uh, a little windy. It was very windy. It was okay. very windy. Uh, me and the me and the little one took a walk today. Uh, we were expecting some family, and they they couldn't come over. So you gotta kind of call an audible. You're like, you want to go outside? Go, go, let's go outside. Go outside's fun. Let's but you know, outside. so you guys always risk, right? Like it's 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 windy in North North Texas when Oklahoma sucks too much. Yes, so, obvi, obvi. It's a pressure thing. It's a pressure thing. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, the weather was a real shit show in Oklahoma this last week. So it was. It like it like froze and got warm and then froze again. Like <laughs> it legit snowed and then got yeah. to like sixty and then froze. I don't know. It's a whole fucking thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Frank, are you drinking anything fun this evening? Yeah. So at the moment, um, so yeah, dry month is over. Obviously, yeah, uh, ended last weekend. Um, right now I'm having a, uh, so I, I had two Guinness and then I poured this. So I've got a wild Turkey one one uh, with some Diet Coke. Okay. That's respectable. Big, a big fan about the wild Turkey one one right? Like I think it's expensive, but not stupidly. So, uh, one one's not even that expensive, dude. It's under 20 bucks for a bottle. No, <laughs> no nowhere in Austin. Really? Yeah. So 101. So a, ha- a handle here is 44 and a 750 is 23 or 24 bucks. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, I, so 101 competes with, uh, I mean, I, I, I go back and forth with people online about Wild Turkey 101 and Evan Williams Bottled and Bond because mm. I am a bib fan. Me, me and Evan Williams, White Label, Bottled and Bond, we are best friends. I'll tell you, I I like that a lot. We just don't get it everywhere, and I, I like it because it's not so sweet. Yeah, it's not, but it has every bourbon like mm-hmm. pinpoint in the map. It's so fucking good. Is cherry? You got cherry? Boom, it's there. You want vanilla? Boom, it's there. You want burn? Boom, it's there. You want a little wood? It's there. Like it's fucking everywhere on the map without being too in your face. Absolutely, Evan agree. Williams Bottled and Bond is the fucking best. But I always, like I said, I always go back and forth with people who are Wild Turkey 101 fans, they're like, oh, no, it's the best. While it's really, really good for it's me. It's not the best. No, not for, no. The, not for the dollars. Because uh, Bottled and Bond is $13 for a 750, and Wild Turkey 101 here well, is 19, $19.89. Or I'm, not, I'm not even going to compare a dollar to dollar, right? Because my favorite mixing rum is $19, and people pay $24 for a bottle of Bacardi. 
Yeah, that's that's so, dumb though. So it, no, I know it's not the same, but what I'm saying yeah. is is like I don't think the price matters. To me, it's the flavor profile. I just I I, I don't like that liquor stores don't buy the bottled and bond mm -hmm. because they think it's cheap. Yeah. And then they buy the 101 and you're like, oh, it's like the same thing. Like, what are we doing here? Like same yeah. category. What's wild <laughs> is like the difference between the two, honestly, is like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Evan Williams has a plastic cap on it, like a plastic twist off cap. And they're like, oh, it must so, so be does, less No, than. 101 does too. 101, I, the 101s that I have are corked, little cork uh, No, Are they twist offs? Mm -hmm. wow. In Austin, they're twist off. Sons of bitches. They're 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 burgundy twist offs. That's so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have a preference. I buy the one on one because it's what I know is cheap and good. Yeah. Um, and additionally, excuse me, if I'm gonna be mixing it with Coke, there's no reason to buy anything more expensive. Um, but my go-to's rum. I just happened to buy this today. Quick question for you. You came up last weekend. Uh, yeah. On Saturday night, I think you had had your fill of beer, and you were doing uh, as always. You were doing <laughs> bourbon and cokes. How yes. many bourbon and cokes did you have? Uh, four. Okay, because I I was I lost count at about four. That I was really? like, because I was you know slamming beers like there was no tomorrow, and then I was like, wow, Frank has been drinking bourbon and cokes with this, and I was kind of doing the doing the drink. Math. Well, you you had one bourbon and coke too. This is news to me. I am today yeah. years old when I realized that. No, it, it was either a bourbon and Coke or a straight bourbon. Now, you had bourbon with me the first the first drink. The first, we both had bourbon. Oh, yeah, I guess that did happen. I was yeah. going to say the first night we did have, uh, each of us had a glass of Santa Teresa on We did rocks, do that as well. But you, was, you had bourbon the second night as well. Ah, um, but I'll tell you, like, to me, um, it's, <laughs> I get beer full. And it's not, it's not. I don't know. Maybe I have a slight intolerance to gluten and like that much of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but at some point I just get very full and, um, yeah, I'm going to say it, constipated with beer. Const like it's, it's, it's not that that's not the word. It's not constipated, for. but it's like, it's like, you know, like you feel stuffed. You just feel <laughs> stuffed up with fucking beer. It sucks. I have never ever had that happen to me yeah it's not no i don't I, I have and honestly when it happens to me do you take allergy medicine by any chance and not often so i ask because the only times that i've ever had that issue have been when i've taken zyrtec or like allegra some of the preventative oh, okay. like daily allergies um about this time last year when i was taking them regularly i would get really like Top full is what I would call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like when you basically. Like nothing wants to go past your diaphragm. Yeah. It's just sitting right there. It just sits up tight. Yeah. And I always attribute it to my allergy meds just stopping me up like nasally and everything. Like just dry, or sorry, drying me out. Um, and I always contributed to that. Uh, uh, you know what has helped? Flonase. That has helped me and has helped oh, okay. in my uh, beer journey. Because one, Flonase I can just take. It doesn't, it doesn't dry me out. And two, I can take, uh, if I, <laughs> I always keep a bottle of Flonase in my work backpack because if I ever get called into a, hey, Brian, I need you to do a quality check on this beer, if I'm feeling stuffed up, if I know about an hour in advance, I can do a couple shots of Flonase in each nostril and I'm, I can actually taste things. 
Nice. Um, yeah, you probably shouldn't work it that way, and I'm not saying that that's how you should use <laughs> Flonase. <laughs> Flonase, but it works if you need it. Yeah, so, I, I mean, on the beer front, though, um, I did have a Doppelbach? Doppelbach? Doppelbach. 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 At uh, Two Wheel today. Okay, they put out a Doppelbach? Yeah, they did. So, Shit, yeah. Two Wheel, Two Wheel, um, if you're... South Austin. I'm guessing you're probably not going to drive from Round Rock to here, but if you're in South Austin, um, very respectable beer at the moment. Um, that Doppelbach that they're putting out is part of their uh, limited release Fridays. Oh, they're so doing ev- a new beer every Friday? Every Friday, they open a half keg of of an experimental beer, and they ask for feedback. Um Excellent. And it's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. So they've gone from having six taps to now 12. Okay. Um, and I think they're, they're going to like start doing this three rotating tap system with their Friday beer releases so that people can kind of give them feedback. They can figure out what to add. I wish they could just send a crowler every week. Just send it up to me. They're doing, I'll, they're doing stuff that I've never seen breweries actually do consistently. You know, like breweries have seasonal release parties. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, but it doesn't take that long for a beer to mature. Like, it, uh, granted, no. you know, you can do your barrel age, seasonal release, whatever. That's very different. But a seasonal release party with an American stout. Okay, cool. I, <laughs> uh, I mean, that takes it's, what it sixty takes, day beer. Yeah, I was gonna say it, ta- it takes a little while longer than say a, like a blonde or even an IPA. It takes like ten to fourteen days. Mm-hmm. But I see what you're saying. Like a Doppelbach, that's a legit amount of effort. I mean, that's at least like six weeks worth of work. Honestly. But it is fantastic, Brian. Like you can, you can crank one out in under four weeks, but that's pushing it. Really, pushing I'm going it. to give them a lot of credit because it it had that maltiness, but also crisp finish. You know, like mm-hmm. you could you could you could very much taste that it's a Bach, and then. Like back away from it and like, oh, it's real malty. So, but it never got to that like super alcoholic. Even though it was seven point four percent, like it didn't get there. It was, it was, it's a good beer. So Bach in any any instance, uh, that's a designation of at least six percent alcohol by volume. Uh, it's also an instance of lagered versus uh, an ale beer. Okay, a, a Doppelbach, obviously, double that. It's double a a double bock it's not 12 percent, but it is typically over seven percent and those beers are super rich and super malty like it goes beyond like bread to toffee like that's what you absolutely but it cuts real quick well that's the toffee it's the difference between toffee and caramel like caramel will stick and hang around for a while while toffee is like burnt sugar is what it it kind of boils down to no i i fantastic beer so um, uh a big fan you know I, i've been thinking like listening back to some old episodes and we talk about styles and i want to give a couple uh like good examples of styles to check out if you <laughs> hear us talking about a style I'm like okay we'll go check out some commercial examples so doppelbach eyinger doppelbach uh is a sold in a four pack 12 ounce uh bottle it's from germany it has a little goat on the label <laughs> or on the the neck of the bottle that's how you know it's eyinger uh, another like badass Doppelbach is oh fuck what the fuck is it I I fucked up Ziegenbach absolutely not you know what's wild is the two box the two box that come from that come from Texas are not box at all 
Sure. But the brand Ziegenbox, pretty good beer. It's not bad. It's fucking, it's, it's not, not bad. I, it's it, not bad. I don't know what it is, but it's not a bad beer. It's not a Bach. It's an Amer. It's the same thing as uh, Shiner Bach. Shiner Bach is not oh, a Bach okay. beer. Shiner yeah, Bach is an American lager is what it is. Okay, fine. Well, I I mean, if, if I see Shiner for six and Zegan for four, I'm ordering Zegan. I just don't see the difference that much. Well, that's, that's, that's the difference between class and ass. You know what I mean? Woo, uh, bitch. Yeah. Paul Inner. God damn it. <laughs> Salvatore. That's the one I was trying to think. Iyengar Celebrator is the Doppelbach from Iyengar and Paul Inner Salvatore. Is the Doppelbach from that's both of those are found in so many places. Um, Weistefaner, uh, Caribbean, uh, or Cor wow, Corbinian. It's sold in a big, like not a 750, but like a 375 bottle. Uh, those are found in a hell of a lot of places and all really, really, really good. So, Doppelbach explained. Sorry. No, that's fine. I mean, I, so Doppelbach to me, it's a really good beer that's not, how would I put it? It's not barrel aged no. level, not you know, all. like, but it's super malty and mm -hmm. it still has the sweetness to it. Um, not as heavy. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. It's it's not a two beer, three beer type beer. For you. But. Yeah, I mean, for me, it would like, it would overwhelm. Me. I I so what you're describing is like cla is classic German beer in that it's not too overwhelming, but it is malty. Uh, because in America, if you have a malty beer, you're like, I can't fucking drink more than ten ounces of this shit, or else I'm gonna get diabetes. Um, whereas in Germany, like you, they know how to treat a beer to like bring out the maltiness of it without bringing the sweetness. And there's a fucking fine difference, but they know how to split it. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. I, I'm a, a big fan of German, like double lagers, any European double lager, honestly, even European, uh, like, uh, Imperial Pilsner is fan fucking tastic. My Bach, I've had that. My Bach is the same thing. Or, uh, Oh, what the fuck? Uh, a blonde Doppelbach for American breweries who make them. Uh, okay. It's fucking, it's something else. I've, I've heard, I've heard a bunch of different phrases used, but my Bach is what they're, what they're going for. Uh, so Brian, Yash. <laughs> the, I think the talk of the town today is the XFL. Real right. quick, can I cover what I'm drinking? Because I'm about to sure. Sorry, it. I I totally forgot. No, it's cool. Uh, if I wasn't drinking something so goddamn good, I wouldn't. Uh, I'd just let you go. Uh, so I am drinking a beer from Armadillo Aleworks. In, that is golden. In Denton, it's dark. Is what? It yeah, is. but it, like it's like amber. Yeah. Uh, yeah, amber. it's a it's a dark amber. I would say. Uh, so this beer, uh, from Armadillo, it's called Idiot's Hill. Okay. Idiot's Hill. It's so good. It's stupid. It comes in at a svelte nine percent alcohol by volume. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, they sell in six packs for nine ninety nine. And let me just tell you right now, this I, I described it to a, a, a beer buddy of mine as the aggressiveness of arrogant bastard, but oh with the multi delicateness or delicate de, delicate delicacy delicacy. No, I think that's a delicatessen with the multi delicatessenness <laughs> <laughs> of of. Weren't uh, you basically an English major? 
I don't really know how to define that question. Okay. <laughs> is this an <laughs> APA versus <laughs> yeah, whatever? AP style. Let me let me flip through my AP style book. Yeah, delicatessenness is how this is defined. No, okay. with the delicacy of Chicago language dictionary. <laughs> with the with with the a malty goodness of Velvet Hammer, not the new Velvet Hammer from Petticolas, but the old Velvet Hammer from Petticolas. Okay, the one that and was also good. not anything past. 2018 of Eric and Bastard because we haven't bought it since then. No, I have. No, Eric and Bastard's fine. You're talking about Backwoods Bastard and Old Bastard. I'm talking talking about founders in general. Yeah, no, Arrogant arrogant Bastard is from Stone Brewing Company. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Apologies. Didn't mean to throw you in with the racists. It's my fault. No, I still like Arrogant Bastard. It's goddamn great. Uh, but it's it's got the aggr- like hoppy aggressiveness of Arrogant Bastard with the malty delicacy of uh, Velvet Hammer pre two thousand nineteen. So, would you say that Idiot Hill is a hill you would die on? So, Idiot Hill, honestly, so this is a fun fact. Uh, so, Idiot Hill is actually <laughs> named after. Just a, roll past that joke. I, I get it. I will. It's, it's actually based on a neighborhood in Denton. Yeah. So it's actually based on a neighborhood that. Uh, I don't know when it was started, but a bunch of University of North Texas professors bought houses in this neighborhood until quickly the entire neighborhood was like houses were owned by professors. So they just called it Idiot's Hill because, you know, out of sarcastic, they're professors. So they must be a bunch of idiots. And that's a good one. I guess. I don't know. It's the, the tagline of this beer is good though. It's idiot's hill. It's so good. It's stupid. I fucking, I I can get down with that. But what else I can get down with is the fact that again, I'm going to repeat this. It's 9% alcohol. It tastes fucking amazing. Does not taste like 9% by the way, even though I've had three tonight. So clearly it's 9%. Um, but it's, it's, accessible that's the word i'm going to use instead of cheap instead of affordable it's accessible people can fucking buy this beer without like having to stand in line without having to fucking know somebody and without having to take a second mortgage out on their house you know what i mean like that's fucking that's a trifecta i I know you mean would you say uh are you going to idiot's hill Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Garfunkel is fucking genius. It's too good. He didn't even know he wrote lyrics about fucking beers 30 years ago. Wow. It's too good. And as I finish that up, I'm going to polish off the rest of the 12 pack of uh, Coors Banquet that I bought last night. I drank eight of these bad boys last night. Jesus. Uh, Best decision I've made in a long time. I drank eight Coors Banquets and watched Dr. Sleep. So, hey. It was fucking great. It was a fantastic. Speaking of shows, okay? Speaking of shows, um, I think we need, I, I know you and Willem did a Netflix kind of rewind. Um, what I'd like to add to people, the beauty of Narcos Mexico. The only reason I'm put putting this out here is because I cut it out of our uh, Girl Scout cookie and beer pairing video last week. Yes. And <laughs> with all due respect, that video could only have been... It was a 30-minute video without it. Right? <laughs> no, it was so, a 30-minute video with it. With it. 
Um, so no, only reason I'm putting this in here is it, it'll take you three days watching two episodes a day okay. to get through season two or season one. Actually, sorry. Season one of Narcos Mexico. Season two is coming out on Wednesday. It is a very entertaining show. I'll have to check uh, it it's out, it's like they perfected Narcos into, and I, I mean, I know I, I think when we reviewed Mar- Narcos the first time, I said like it would be really cool if they went drug lord to drug lord. Well, obviously that's what they started doing. Doesn't take a genius, but they uh, well, it took it took four. You know, you know they, what I'm yeah, it took four. It, it <laughs> only took four. I feel like they're listening to the cast going, "Oh yeah, oh well, fucking yeah." Hold on, what did Parker say? What did <laughs> yeah. he say? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> um. So, anyways, the 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 new season coming out is going to be. I'm guessing El Chapo, the rise of El Chapo, because the previous guy, I'm hearing some real feedback, Brian. Sorry. Not from me. Okay. Um, No, that was really random. So the previous guy um, (laughs) who started the whole cartel. Yeah. uh, Just got control of everything in Mexico and almost got jailed and now is free again. So it's, it has a wild ending, but you El Chapo is in his like uh, hitman group, okay, and you know eventually it's going to switch over to him being the leader, right? Because oh, yeah, he's has in to. jail right now. So yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I was going to say you got to be careful thinking like, oh, the next one's going to be El Chapo because there's like 34 drug lords between the last one and El Chapo, and it took place in like 13 months. Yes, so I'm guessing you know I mean? there's going like, to be some serious die-offs. I don't, <laughs> you know, I mean, in this past season, I'm pretty sure they met four times and every single <sighs> meeting of the minds that held like four or five people in contempt. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so while you're while you're talking about that, I, you're talking about your like Netflix picks. Uh, so Mrs. Brian has been watching, well, she watched all of, the show next in fashion. Oh no. Okay. Oh, hear me out on this. Okay. There is a lady on there who has a shop in Mexico city and like, that's where she does all her fashion. And the whole time I, all I could think to myself was like, how much money could you actually be making if you weren't paying off like 18 different cartels to function within La Ciudad de Mexico. Like, how how much <laughs> could you be making if you weren't paying off a bunch of drug lords to not fucking kill you and all the people who are working at your shop? Yeah. Like, honestly, like, it's great. I hope you become really successful, like, in other parts of the world uh, so you don't have to, uh, I don't know, maybe go back to Mexico. It's fine. Whatever. Whatever works for you. She's in Mexico. She can't go back to Mexico. Go. I mean, other places. I bit my tongue halfway <laughs> through that statement. I don't know if you could hear it, but yeah, I, I heard it. I bit Everybody it. And it hurt it. really bad. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, God damn it! It's sorry, like, it's okay. I'll take over for a little bit. You, John Jones. It was. It was three. It was. It was three <laughs> idiots hills worth of Novocaine to the tongue. Yeah. And didn't. Are you going to idiots hills? You don't have to get that close to the microphone. I want to be very clear. <laughs> No, but I don't have to, but I can. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. None of us have to do half the shit that we do, that's but right, we that's do. Right, that's right. All right. So uh, let me hit you with some garden knowledge. Okay. Oh, boy. I can't Only wait. reason I'm doing this is for our South Texas compadres here. Okay. Right. So 
if you're anywhere south of Waco, it is time to do your spring garden prep. Uh Uh-oh. Get your fucking malorganite out right now. No, no, no. Malorganite's for the lawn, Brian. It's only that's the only work I know how to do is lawn okay. work. You've seen my flower bed out front; it's surviving. Yeah, malorganite does work for the flower bed, but I will tell you one thing: uh, you might want to consider adding azomite to the flower bed. Now, reason I'm saying that, malorganite, like racist, a lot of, somehow, a lot of nitrogen, a lot yeah. of nitrogen. It's not a lot of other trace minerals. Uh, azomite, tons. Tons of of trace minerals. It's actually the the word azomite is A to Z um, organic minerals, (laughs) including trace essentials. That's what it is. Just so we're clear, malorganite is Milwaukee organic nitrate. That's Mm -hmm. what malorganite is. It's just nitrogen. Yeah, that's but in a an organic compound, so it doesn't burn your lawn. Which important. Very important. Which, so if, if you're if you're doing your lawn prep, you should probably start now as well. Yes. Malorganite's great for that. Pre-emergent it, for Dallas grass, especially. <clears throat> yep. Well, tell you what, crabgrass all over the place in Austin, so you might want to start. Yeah. Um it, additionally, the 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 malorganite helps throughout the summer yes. feeding, right? You want to do it probably two or three times a year. As long as you can uh, within regulations, because that shit does wash out and yeah, it does. Habit. If you get a ton of rain, we just don't get that much rain. Yeah, so same. what I would suggest is just it, it keeps in your lawn. It does go down. I would do it like once right now, middle of summer, then in the fall. Um, other item to really consider, and I know, you know, not a common one, called azomite or azomite. You'll see it out there. It's a pink rock powder. Okay. That shit has 70 essential minerals for humans. And it gets taken up by anything that you grow. So if you do grow vegetables, it actually makes your vegetables taste delicious. Um, I know, I know, Brian. Hold on, go ahead. You're not growing vegetables, no, but it I makes d- your flowers bloom. It makes your trees uh-huh. just vigorously grow. Uh-huh. Two things right now. Mm-hmm. One sounds like you've got an MLM pitch for a zorgonite no, no. or whatever it is. Two, it sounds like azomite is fucking woo-woo crystals for your lawn. It's not. Just from the way you stated it. I know it's probably not. Just from the way you stated it, it sounds like you sprinkle sprinkle the crystals on your lawn. They're going to come in great and green. If you want something to come in orange, it's going to come in double orange. If you want something to come in brown, it's going to come in poo-poo brown. It's going to be gorgeous. You're going (laughs) to love it. Every every centimeter of your lawn is going to be wonderful. That's how they sell it in the Hamptons, for well, instance. I'm just saying it sounds like the way you're pitching it. <laughs> well, okay, so I don't mean to pitch it that way, but it, it is really important, right? So our, our our soils have been so depleted of nutrients right? that what they sell you at Walmart is dirt. So And here- the dirt has very, very inconsequential amounts of minerals for your plants to actually grow. 100% agree with you. However, one of my lawn tips that I was going to follow up with is check Walmart for these really high-end minerals. I found malorganite last year at Walmart sure, for sure. $4 a bag. But and it's because people don't know about it. People don't know, and that's the yeah. thing. Like I literally bought everything they had left on the pallet last year to throw in my yep. lawn. 
And it was only because of like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I took it to the register and had them scan it in the garden section. They're like, yeah, it's four dollars. I'm like, the fucking all of it. I'm gonna take the rest of this That's shit. A Fourteen dollar bag. Yeah, I'm like, you're out of your Anywhere fucking else. mind. So, and it wasn't like the diluted down like Florida version. No, it was like the legit high nitrogen concentrate yeah. version of like it's fucking wild. But I know what you're saying. Like the Walmart versions of weed and feed or fucking fertilizer. Yeah, they're usually not the best for your lawn, and absolutely not if you're growing herbs. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about. Okay, way. so first off, if you're growing anything, do not use Miracle Grow. Oh fuck no. Um, use use the correct soil content, organic, mineral enhancers. Right. So, malorganite is literally the shit of humans in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's that's what I was going right? to say. Like there's only one way to get organic nitrates yeah. from Milwaukee. But understand that's only adding nitrogen to your soil. It is slow release. Yes. But it's only nitrogen. So, um that's like that's most like, plants now it's really good for grass, it's but like most taking, plants need phosphorus and additional minerals. It's like only taking vitamin C and being like, yeah, exactly. I'm good for the rest of the day. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally healthy. I don't even need to eat. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what, what I'm saying is, is malorganite's really good. You can put that in your garden beds. You can put it on your grass, um, on your lawn. Azomite or azomite, depending on where you live, really good for a, an additional amount of essential minerals. Then, um, you want to make sure that your, your soil has enough perlite in it. And perlite is really good for, for water retention. So it's a rock that can expand and release moisture based on um, the moisture around it, right? So it kind of it kind of behaves as like that that people like for some reason mix gel into their soil, behaves similarly except it never dries out. It's a rock. Um, and then the the last one, which I just ordered today for my lawn, if you all just give me one second, I'll let you know what it is. But it is it's an essential nutrient that that helps. Um, enhance phosphorus um, okay. and it's a phosphate that essentially is is sort of that last mineral that you need for for plant growth right so if you do those things and you properly treat your plants um, you're going to be just fine you're going to get the best tomatoes you're going to get your best uh, peppers everything it's going to be full of nutrients for you radishes um, is it going to help my radishes <laughs> it'll definitely help the radish, uh, radishes i mean essentially your plants are looking for an environment that has enough moisture and minerals and it, obviously oxygen and everything for the soil they don't want to sit in water but the two things that make them grow are moisture and minerals yeah um, and then oxygen is a byproduct of soil drainage, which obviously you need. So if you get that that mixture correct, and it's not hard because you can't really overdo any of those things with what I just mentioned, it's a slow-release nitrogen. You can throw as much of that in your garden bed and not burn. Um, it's a slow-release rock mineral, and it's just minerals that are all stable. They will not hurt your plants. Your pl plants, it's like if you drink too much vitamin C, literally nothing you piss it out yeah nothing okay? will happen to you it's the same thing you're just wasting money but that's fine um and then the same thing with the rock phosphate and and rock phosphate comes in many different forms um but the one that i'm actually looking at right now i'm just pulling it up real quick is called give me a second 
I apologize. If it's called the B-52's rock phosphate, <laughs> I will fucking buy every bag that they have. No, it's called it's called Espoma oh. uh, rock phosphate. They sell it on Amazon. It's 17 bucks for eight pounds. Um, and honestly, all you need to do is if you're pa- if you're planting a plant like like tomatoes that need rock phosphate, rock phosphate, you put it at the bottom of the hole that you dug for your tomato plant. And mm. You just put the plant in and you cover it, um, and that's enough rock phosphate for that plant for most of its life. You don't need to add more. Um, yeah, and then it, like it just people need to stop with this like fucking I do. Uh, uh, Miracle grow at the base every two weeks. Oh, you mean those little like uh sphere pods or whatever the hell and yeah. shit? Yeah. yeah. It frustrates me because the real honest, honest to good way, I had tomato plants literally off of my garden bed, which I have raised beds because I don't like weeds getting into them, but raised beds off the raised bed, they were at least 10 to 12 feet tall. And it, I couldn't, I couldn't build a structure big enough for these tomato plants last year. Brad and, much? Jesus Christ! Yeah, and, and it's all just because of minerals. It's right. not, it's not anything else. It's consistent watering and giving them the right minerals. Uh, unfortunately, I will warn you: when they get that big, you're going to have to replace quite a bit of potting soil the next year. But well, it, yeah. it produces beautiful tomatoes. So that's Frank's organic garden section i feel like we gotta come up with some like uh i don't know i don't want to say i know herbal life has already been taken but how about herb life with frank that's our new podcast we can do it we could do it or, or do just it. like uh yeah. i don't know how about uh, we just call it digging dirt basic basil with frank and then you just no digging dirt digging dirt digging dirt how about dirt diggler and then you like no, I don't think I think digging dirt is what I prefer. Hey, I don't buddy, know what I'm you dirt, prefer. But I'm dirt diggler. I'm here uh, telling you about all the all the sweet farming tips that we can give you for the urban gardens that we've got going on. You're gonna want to dig those tomatoes twice as deep this year because they're gonna come up big. I'm just gonna tell you if no. we're gonna go with dirt diggler, I'm gonna be pronouncing it tomatoes and basil. Tomatoes and basil. Just, just so it ends up being a little bit more sophisticated than the redneck swamp bastard from Louisiana. Oh, you don't want to do... Hey, you get throwing them basil seeds and just see what pops up for you. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you, I'm growing all of my shit from seed this year. It is a big effort, but it is... Well, it's not a big effort. What am I talking about? Sounds- I put a timer on. <laughs> I was going to say, I know you, you've probably fucking, I wouldn't be surprised if you had one of those like 3D printed automated farming machines that come in and fucking just dig a little hole. No, my only responsibility here is water and I I haven't figured out a way to automate watering yet. For central Texas, that's actually kind of a big undertaking. That's not as easy. I I mean, at this moment, it's, it's a cup and I just (laughs) pour it. A stainless Um, steel Yeti cup. Yeah, but it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Um, eventually it will be a bigger deal, but not, yeah, I'll figure it out. Frank, do you remember that time that I tried to grow herbs in beer cans? I do. Do you remember what happened? The ultimate died. No, no, no. It's not that they just died. Do you remember the ultimate demise as to how they died? Mm -mm. A brisk breeze. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I, I had all these uh, uh, beer cans, like with pretty labels that I had cut the tops off of. And I had punched holes in the bottom for drainage, so they were like little mini pots. You didn't I harden them. them. I, no, I filled them up with uh, rocks at the bottom, and then I put nice potting soil, like good, like organic soil in there. 
uh, and I had planted the seeds, and I had shit sprouting. But then the biggest issue of all was that uh, I, I, well, I'm sorry, I even bought a grow light to put on them so that they could sprout indoors. Everything was working out fine. I had basil, I had parsley, I had uh, rosemary, and I had something else. I don't know what the fuck it was. Uh, but the thing is, all of them sprouted, and they were all wonderfully, like, bright green looking, growing under my grow light. And I said to myself, I have, I have, I have science has won out. I don't need a giant garden. I can build these things up from small, small beer cans and then take pictures of them, and it's wonderful. <clears throat> and then I was like, well, I kind of hit a plateau where these things weren't growing as big and the leaves weren't as, like, fruitful as they are supposed to be and i started reading online they're like yeah indoor gardens you need good uh like wind like you need actual fresh uh, fresh air and oxygen i was like okay so i take them outside and i set them outside and the uh the first day half the beer cans blew off and dumped all the soil and the uh young sprouts off onto the ground and I said fuck me that sucks so I took the rest of them back inside and I said okay we're gonna nurture these bad boys we're gonna get them to grow big and healthy then basil came up looking good oh sage sage was the last one basil and sage both came up bursting looking beautiful I was getting ready to pick a few pick a few leaves and then something happened and my grow light fell off and goddamn crushed half of the fucking beer cans that well, I had you catastrophe it did i even had to put to put the grow light back together like like i'm 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 unwinding it right now because i was trying to bring back my fucking succulent that ultimately died but check this out okay so here's my grow light okay and if you can see there's a flat side on here that definitely was not their stock that's where everybody fell Uh uh-huh yeah that's where it fell onto the granite countertop uh after crushing all of the fucking the rest of the plants that i had Boy, so I—I I mean, it's not yeah, a good so time. The, the oscillating fan is very important. Well, I—I I, I was trying to do it. I was trying to do all organic, Frank. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, a fan is important to it. I will. I not, listen. You just need a fan that doesn't knock over your fucking beer. Can. I put it outside, and that was the issue. Mother oh, yeah, Nature's I fan mean, decided to fart all over it and just break everything. Yeah, so they also say when you have seedlings, after about. Four to six weeks, you're gonna want to. Re-pop so it hardens them. the stem. It's called hardening. Yeah. And the first thing you want to do is harden it to wind, and then you want to harden it to temperature. And there's a whole different process for temperature. But well, harden it st- to wind by saying, "Oh, look at that sexy wind." Oh, it's no, so, you, you so take hot. an oscillating fan huh? and you just place it right by them, mm. and it doesn't knock them over, but it gives them a breeze and then gives them a relax and rigidity. a breeze and relaxes. You know, like an oscillating fan. Well, does. I never, I never gave it the chance because uh, it wasn't the stem that <coughs> you broke. just put them right in the hurricane. Put it, yeah, or a five mile an hour brisk breeze. You know, in the Brian, morning. I know this happened like two years ago. Yeah. You know what I also know about what? two years ago? What? Is YouTube was around. So I'm not really sure. Here's the deal. I was using YouTube and it got me <laughs> no to No one the, said oscillating fan. Not a person. Actually, not as, matter a fact, second. <laughs> as a matter of fact, if they said it, I said to myself, I got one better, Mother Nature. <laughs> yeah, let me and, go to the other video <laughs> where I don't have to buy a $30 oscillating fan. Meanwhile, I have three of them in my house at all times. Oh, I'm just boy. like, nah, don't worry about it. I got this. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm about at that time where I need to start hardening for for wind, and I'm Hard- going to do that. Get them get them herbs hard as fuck, bro. 
Yeah, I, I want them to survive. Get them hard. <laughs> I'm just telling you that I'm working through that right now. I've got uh, 32, 48 plants at the moment. Um, all of a variety humble, humble between brag. basil, yeah. jalapenos, sweet peppers, uh, tomatoes, all different kinds. Uh, th- those are like our main. Hey, listen, I, mean, I, don't, I don't grow melons and shit like that. Like I no, fucking hate them. The fuck are you growing pumpkins in your? We have an eggplant because we like eggplants as like, well. Question: Because your climate's a little more like uh, open to this than mine is. White sage. Have you ever thought about growing it? No, it's too moldy. I, I know that. I know I know these things because white sage in particular tends to curl up on itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more open to your climate than it is to mine. Sure, because we're real dry. Real dry, more arid climate. And arid brings out uh, the best in that sage. And I was thinking, since you have a west-facing front garden, that might be an like opportune location to grow some white sage. I bring Are you the, asking me to bring you white sage? I'm not saying one thing or another, okay? I'm, all I'm just saying is, if you want to explore growing white sage, I have a very good use for it once it's dried. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. That's all right, all no, I'll, I'll, find, I'll find a way to grow it. I just need to get some heirloom seeds because I don't... Oh, you don't grow anything if it's not from heirloom? No, because it, it, it doesn't tend to do well. Mm. Like it, it doesn't... Okay, so there's this whole thing about determinant versus indeterminate in plants. Right. Heirloom is indeterminate. So if you want to be sure you have enough of a crop and it continues to reproduce. I was going to say, it it grows over and over again year after year, not just like a one and done. So down here, we don't get enough uh, frost to where it matters. Right. So I like indeterminate. Because it's less work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just I actually just pulled an indeterminate rosemary from the garden because I need to re. And honestly, when they call it perennial, there's no such thing as a perennial in a raised garden bed, because eventually your garden bed, well, nutrients and soil will be so low that it won't. That you have to pull the plant. Yeah. Um, and it was sad because it was, I was like, man, this is perfectly good rosemary. It's like coming back again. But I couldn't do anything about it because I needed to replenish my, unless I kept my planter at two thirds, no, not even like 40% full, you know, to try to grow other things. It, it needed, it needed to be pulled. So neither here nor there, but um, the white sage, I'd like it to grow and replenish. And anything you buy at, at, at Home Depot is going to be determinate. Yeah. So I'd I'd like to grow it from seed. So I just need to find some good seed. Well, if I can find it for you, I'll send you a link because I was looking last year and they were saying like the the shit that I was looking at was like yeah, North Texas not the climate to grow white sage. Doesn't matter because I have I was thinking about planting in my in my flower bed, which is west facing. There's no sh- fucking shade at all, um, but the soil up here is also not not good for that plant. Anyway, white sage goes really well with wit beer or in, in okay. the wit beer recipe that I have because I make wit beer with sage, um, three different citrus and coriander. But white sage, uh, when you boil it uh, like I do in my beer, it produces a very different flavor. So I was going to do a sage versus white sage wit beer and see what the differences are. 
Okay. Um, I, the reason for it is I'm going after Little White Rye. Uh, That's what it is. Clone recipe. Yeah, they use White Sage. And the only reason I know that is because I've asked two different brewmasters from Samuel Adams, and both of them have said, yeah, we use White Sage and coriander in okay. the Whitbeer recipe. Well, if you go try to find White Sage online... It's, it's uh, not fun. Well, let me tell you, a lot of it has to do with witchcraft. <laughs> well, and that's why I said it's not fun, because here's the deal. It's used for smudging, and yeah, if you know anything about smudging, uh, it's fucking cleansing the spirits of yeah. a space. Yeah, I get it. I understand, I, mm. I understand the inherent difficulties working with White Sage, because then you get a lot of woo-woo people talking about crystals and other shit, uh, send you <laughs> no, emails. Fair. I'll, I'll get the seeds. No, they're, they're, the seeds are not that expensive. They're I was like going to say, gonna say they're, they're, they're not crazy expensive, and I've heard they're very hardy seed, too. Yeah. So, so sage, sage, I think, is very similar to rosemary, and parsley is actually pretty hardy, too. But, um, okay. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll try to grow some white sage. We'll see. Maybe if I don't grow it, it's like, It'll no. be, be an experiment. It'll be a good experiment, yeah. I'm also going to try some microgreens this year. Microgreens. Uh, you know what? I, I read an interesting article about uh, microalgae being grown in a brewery in Australia. Okay. The thought, between, uh, the thought behind having uh, microalgae growing in a brewery is that a brewery puts off a lot of CO2. And microalgae. Okay, yeah, they eat it. They eat it. Uh, it's a, a good chunk of the world's oxygen is generated by microalgae in the oceans, um, especially around like populated areas. Yeah, yeah. That's so great. this brewery in Australia uh, teamed up with a university over there, and they decided to introduce microalgae into their brew house. So now they have these glowing green tubes <laughs> in the corner of their brew house, which look cool as shit. Um, but they're actually doing good things. So all they're doing is they're redirecting their boil to that? Not their boil, their fermentation. So uh, their bo- fermentation. Okay, so it's like the, the valves just all get connected to this one tube. Okay. Yeah, to the bottom of that tube, and it blows huh. through, like kind of like um, uh, you, you see like a fish tank that has you know an air tube blowing through the bottom of it where the bubbles go up to the That's top. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's really, really good. Yeah. And it's cool. one of those... Uh, uh, ingenious ways of uh, dealing with dealing with the byproducts. Absolutely, that's really cool. Hell yeah! And uh, it, it kind of gets me excited to see what American breweries can start doing with it, especially on the coast where algae is prevalent. You can make shit happen, man. It'd be really cool. Um, so it, you wanted uh, to talk about the XFL earlier before I cut you off. A yeah, I was going to say, should we address the elephant in the room that hasn't been addressed yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, can we discuss the XFL? And for those international students, the XFL is the extreme football league that has now rebranded itself to not be that anymore, just the XFL. And it's called, I think, what's their tagline? Football for the regular guys? No, or it's like for the love of the game. For the love of football. Love That's of football. what it is. it is. Yeah. Yeah, for the love of football. So. Um, we're going to quickly have a little bit of a subtext here for the love of football means every player gets paid 55 grand a game. Um, <laughs> the real, the real to show your true love of the game. Sorry, not 55 grand a game, 55 grand a season. a season. You can earn an additional, I think it's like a couple of, maybe it's like $5,000 a game 
um, based on your performance and your right. team's performance. Right, 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 right. Unless you're a quarterback. If you're a quarterback, your salary can be upwards of $500,000 a season. <laughs> Ten times. Ten times what everyone else gets paid. Which is true. In football, the quarterback it's, is the most important position outside of the left guard. Yeah. So, uh, or right guard, depending left, on which way he's was, No, it's left tackle. Left tackle or right tackle. Sorry, left tackle or right tackle. Yeah, it's true. Um, but anyways, so you're dealing with a with a with a, a league that they don't have the revenue to pay salaries yet. I'm sure if when they do, um, it, it will be much more balanced. But at the moment, they're startup. Um, it, it, let's address the fact that the first two games of this thing was fucking awesome. Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. So what I what I thought about football that frustrated me the whole time I watched was negated by the XFL. Yep. Um, so it's the fact that when, and, and honestly, I didn't really care for the communication between the, the coach and the, the quarterback. I thought it was interesting and it gave a new view onto football. I was going to say for those unfamiliar with how that communication happened. Yeah, it's interesting, but a lot of people knew that that's how it happened. But I thought the most frustrating part about football was that when they went to review, you didn't know what the officials were saying. And when they went to um, not not review, but when they when they needed to initiate a review, right. no one did. So I, I just thought it was very interesting because what 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 the XFL did was say, we're going to have a TMO. And I'm saying TMO because most everybody that's not American will know what a TMO a is. Team modus operandi. No. What is it's that? A, what is that? Third match official. Third so, match official. Everybody yeah. knows that you fucking idiots. It's a person who sits up in the booth as a third party reviewing the match. Got it. Okay. So it is. It is literally just meant to be uh, an individual who um, sits there and watches every play. Except in in every other sport, they have a passive presence, right? Okay. So what's on the on 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 the field call? They can't change. The third match official watching on TV and having access to replay can turn over a call instantly. And it's beautiful because why do we need challenges? Why do I need to tell you you made the wrong call? You're the fucking league. It's a power trip, Make man. the right fucking call. <laughs> yeah, it's a power trip. I, needed, I need yeah. you to know that I know that you're wrong. Power trip. So what I like is that we don't have that. Here, it's like... Oh, hey, by the way, he was a yard short of the line of game. Can you please mark him short? And it took 20 fucking seconds out of the game. Yeah. Um, I like that. I, I think most NFL fans would like that. Uh, most fans of any football, just get it fucking right. Don't give them cheap first downs. It's not the way the sport works. It's not supposed to work that way. Frank, quick question. Do the players take a knee? Because that's during the national anthem, because that's what I care about. I think they get shot if they don't. That, okay, that makes sense. If, if they, they do. If, I was going to say, if they don't, Jesus Christ, I'm fucking even more for the XFL. I've got season tickets. Can you imagine, can you imagine I'm though? Tickets to every fucking team because it's like five bucks. <laughs> There's gonna be goddamn executions in every game. It's gonna be great. People are gonna forget the rules and just get shot. 
Um, and we saw Landry Jones hit the dirt today. That was a high-powered quarterback, wasn't it, John? Um, he was real high-powered. Yeah, real high-powered. Didn't know it. Not. So I'm the national anthem. I am currently wearing my Dallas Renegades shirt right now. It's fantastic. I can't wait to support my team tomorrow, February. Hey, it's- gonna be a good Ninth. game because you guys actually have landry jones and Don't bob say, for real quick never ever say you guys in refer in reference to the xfl team in dallas i don't even subscribe to the dallas cowboys as being you guys all right fair but you can subscribe to the renegades because they're not the cowboys they're but not hated yet. go win five championships and then be hated here's my issue bob stoops you know and my my daughter at two years old, told Bob Stoops go pokes to his fucking uh, face. Yeah, you can't ever be a fan of Bob Stoops after that. Yeah, you can't. I like, I feel like I have to support my daughter in that action. I can't. That was still the fucking best moment of my adult life as a parent, <laughs> having my kid scream go pokes in Bob Stoops' face as he was just trying to go into a fucking pub in Norman to enjoy a dinner with his family. He's getting berated. I could only imagine. And who set her up for that? God, I think God set her up for that. I was <laughs> she had no outside influence. That was just certain. Her. I'm so certain of that. <laughs> what was the question again? I I, I blacked out. <laughs> All right, it, so it was really got, quick. You've got, you've got the Globe Life Conversion Project pulled up here. So it's it's insane. People, hold on. Wait one second. For those people not aware, we have this team in Dallas. Uh, we might call them the Pretty Boys of Baseball. Oh, you're talking about the official, wait, the official wait, wait. baseball I'm team of Texas? Yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. The Pretty Boys of Baseball. The We Don't Stay in Anything But a Ritz-Carlton of Baseball. <laughs> the We Don't Fly Anything But Gulf Streams to the Next Game. Hey, the, we had we a don't president as an owner. Plus we have a Rolls-Royce per player. President Ooh. as an owner, okay? Fucking the, president. The... We don't deal with pitching unless we get described every single pitch. Thank you. The least you can do. We don't handle criticism very well. No, the Texas fucking Rangers <laughs> built a new stadium okay. after their mecca of baseball <laughs> um, was- actually became one. Unlike everything else in Dallas. It was a relic. <laughs> it was an actual thing that people wanted to go to to go see. It was fucking unlike, great. <laughs> unlike everything in Dallas. <laughs> Which, they decided, fuck it, tear it down, build something else across the street. <laughs> literally across the street. Not literally. Like, not across a um, highway, across a fucking city street, like yeah. a fucking yeah. neighborhood street. Yeah, we're talking about my neighbors. Feet away from the original facility. Yeah. So these pre-Madonna motherfuckers built yeah. a stadium. Well. And yeah, pre-Madonna for sure. Well. Um and now they're going to give part of it to the XFL. No, no, no. no. This is the old No, no, this is the old stadium. This is why oh, I pulled it up. The old stadium. Oh, okay. So they're leaving the relic to <laughs> to fucking the XFL. The XFL and the XFL and the USL, which is a soccer league, uh, I guess. I don't fucking know, man. I've never heard of the USL. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're allowing, it's the North Texas soccer club. That's fucking terrible. Um, yeah, no, they're reconfiguring Globe Life Park to, uh, excuse me, 
to accommodate football, to accommodate and, football and foot to accommodate football and football. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, bravo! That's at least they're great. not. At least at least they're not tearing it down and just building listen, something new. Listen, Brian, it is a perfectly usable stadium. It I do would. not understand why they built the fucking Globe. Life I think you know what it is. Park you know what too. it is. Okay, the way Globe Life Park is set up now, and I admit, I, I, I will, I will grant you this. It is difficult to see the negatives of Globe Life Park as it sits on paper and as you see it on TV. But if you've attended more than one game at the old ballpark in Arlington, you understand that over three quarters of that ballpark is unusable as far as seating goes the majority of the season. I say that because because it's too hot. Yeah, the sun really wrecks a good three three quarters of the fucking ballpark. They simply (laughs) took this ballpark and flipped it the other way and put it a fucking dome on top of it. Yes, one hundred. I mean, the dome isn't really going to matter much if you just flipped it the other way because most of the time you're playing baseball in the afternoon. The dome does not matter except for the air conditioned. Yes, prima donna motherfuckers trying not to be in an outdoor baseball stadium. No, because here's the deal: because on a Sunday, a Saturday, Sunday afternoon games which is when a lot of people go see ball par- sure. ball games in Dallas for sure it's just uh, going to be hot dude I, I it's almost unexplainably hot so the last game that I went to no I guess I mean, I've gone to several since then but uh, one memorable game that I went to that was an afternoon game was the Oklahoma State Alumni Association game and you know tickets were pretty cheap for OSU alumni and Everybody went. We had a lot of friends come in from out of town for that game. And Frank, when I tell you, we bought nosebleed seats. Like I'm gonna hover over where we were in the field. So like this you is home plate. Yeah, we could see the ball, but like pop fly we were above some like major league pop flies, which is way oh, the shit. fuck up. That's there. pretty weird. So we were you see this like dark green section that's the canopy? Mm-hmm. We were under the fucking canopy. That's how high we were. And like that's like eight stories up. It's fucking way high, right? It's a serious nosebleed section, right? We had friends who were out here in left field who came into he they came into our seats because they were like, We can't we can't fucking stand the heat. Oh boy. Yeah. It's all right, fair enough. So it's like DKR Stadium here in Austin for uh, UT. Uh, yeah, except remember football games have a time limit. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, now hopefully Major League Baseball has pitching clock. But, okay, fair enough. It's hot as fuck. Hot so, as fuck. Um, but I get the I get the prima donna, like, the... Super prima donna. It is. It seems really shitty. Even though, honestly, one of the oldest stadiums in the Major Leagues, outside of the fucking historic stadiums, obviously. But, like, as far as, like, expansion-era teams... We have a very old stadium. It was fucking 96 or 95 when the stadium was built. It's going to be 30, like 25 years ago. Okay. There's been like go three. Look the, there's go been, look at the Metrodome and when they built the Okay, Target I was going to say, you're fucking, you're pissed off because y'all played in a fucking hockey arena for 32 years while Kirby Puckett paid for it with his eyeball. The football stadium. No, but it was. It had fucking plexiglass out in the outfield until 93. Sure, but yeah, it wasn't well, for hockey. Plexiglass. The only place that shows up is fucking hockey, and they were like, no, it seems like a good idea. I think we should put it up on the outfield. You know what I put it up on the outfield <laughs> is so you couldn't hit the fucking home runs. Yeah, no, we got Kirby Puckett lost an eyeball out on the fucking left, left center field wall. He just got it jammed in between two creases of the plexiglass and just... 
popped it out. All right, I'm sorry to Kirby Puckett memory. That's not what happened. But oh, is that not? It was. It was a degenerative degenerative disease. Is that what caused the loss of an eye? Whatever. Anyway, degeneration. It was actually really horrible, and he was a fantastic was. baseball player. And he, it was a Kirby Puckett sad might thing. be one of the best outfielders to ever play if he did not get that. <laughs> no, even it, when he did, he was still a fucking amazing player. Well, understood, understood. But I think he would have been way better, right? Like it's one of those like uh, I know. Real disadvantages to to an individual who needs two good eyes. Yeah, yeah you do need it's it's depth reception. And uh, <laughs> how far is that ball away from me at the moment? Anyway, I don't know, Brian. Let's tell us about your outfield uh, experience here. No, what I wanted to talk about was my appreciation for Yvonne Rodriguez, who like after okay, so and this is something that it did. It's fine. It has come up. Well, I, I pay respect for the man, Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez. Uh, First off, is he in the Hall of Fame yet? He is. Uh, Actually, you know, hold on, hold up. Now that I'm not sure if he's not, he should be. He absolutely should be. Absolutely. Uh, So he was my absolute favorite baseball player of all time. Before we had Joe Maurer. (laughs) Yeah, no, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame. Oh, thank God. 2017. Okay, so Pudge was by far my favorite baseball player, like ever growing up. He was the thing that brought my uh, grandpa closer to me. Like he, I, I liked catching and playing catcher in little league and in higher leagues growing up. And my grandpa like connected. He was like, "Oh, that's what my grandson likes playing. I'll find the best in the league to connect with." And Pudge was who he connected with. And like it would take me, he took me to a couple of Texas Rangers games and then we'd watch Texas Ranger games on TV and listening to him and the radio while we were fishing. And we we're all, he was always like, Hey, Pudge does this. You should probably do this. And this is why Pudge does this. You should do this, but not in like a fucking cheesy way, but in like a good grandpa way. Anyway, it was fantastic. Yeah. Brought, brought my grandfather and myself closer together. I really appreciated everything. And then also watching him play baseball is fucking amazing. And it came to my attention that I like, I can't be the only one who has this uh, like connection with professional athletes. And all of that was compounded after the death of Kobe Bryant. And I was like, wow, like I like we should really tell our athletes that we look up to like why we look up to them and how we look up to them. Because there's, you know, for lack of sounding douchey, there's no guarantee that tomorrow will be here. Yeah. And like, but also you, 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 you you have a, a, a I would almost call it like an ephemeral bond with the ones that you appreciate, right? You know, like, like I know so, you've talked about rugby players who you you and your family have fucking like grown an attachment to. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, any any rugby player that I love. So one of one of my first absolute just like this guy's like a brother is a guy named Yus van Vestazen. Oh, and yeah, I mean. he's one of the best scrum halves in the history of rugby. Okay. And my cousin who listens to this podcast will attest to it. Everybody wanted to be us and we would play the game in the backyard or at the school and just pretending to be him, you know, just a fake dummy to the left and then run right. Or the fake dummy, right, run left, you know, do a little chip kick over the top, try to catch it yourself. Like that's what us does. So you just doing that builds a bond, you know, because that guy shows you how to do it. Right. And 
U.S. died a very unfortunate ALS-ridden disease um, death when he was 43. And in the end, like, that's emotionally strickening to you, right? Like, and the, uh, the only other athlete that I felt that way about when he passed away was Kobe because, I mean, you know, when we were in college and I did, like, Reddick, you know, yeah. like doing that shit. Eton, and we we had that Eton play that we. Yeah, yeah but before that, like, uh, it was me playing with my friends in elementary, not elementary school because I wasn't here then, but um, junior high, high school, we would play in the, in the backyard um, or, or local hoop, and you'd throw it up and you'd just do, oh, Kobe, 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 you know, like, and it was not anything that you thought mattered but now you look back on it and you're like wow like it's really sad that that mattered and now it will never matter again i mean i have said out loud as i shot some trash kobe. into a dumpster yeah. kobe and for no other reason than like oh yeah now i've seen that man do that on sports center yeah. like a thousand times so it's it's impactful to anybody who listened to that or or watched him play right um, and i'll tell you like the one thing I hope never fucking happens in my lifetime is that Lionel Messi dies before I do. Okay, well, uh, I hope, Frank, he's much older than you. I hope that's no, he's the not. case. He's yeah, not. he is. He's, no, he's, he's not. He's Lionel Messi is 32 years old. Shut the fuck up. He's only 32? That's serious. All right, well, I'm going to go fucking swallow a gun right now because Jesus <laughs> H. Christ. I thought the man was in his 40s. No, he's not. So I'm saying if, if that ends Christ. up happening... That um, fucking handsome asshole is the same age as us. Yeah, not a handsome. Fuck off. Only. No, I'm not. I'm gonna give him handsome because that's what God gave him. I'm not. I'm not gonna fucking slight the man based on the left boot is what he did. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put a face to it. Harm, <laughs> I'm not gonna harm the man based on what money he's earned. God. Mm. God damn it. You know what? Whatever. So all no, I was getting at. To go, to go back to your point. Yeah. Show him the appreciation. Well, and what I was, yeah. I was, hold on, hold on. I want to I finish that. Uh, Show him the appreciation. My wife and I had a conversation the other day where she goes, I really wants to go see Messi. And I go, Frank really wants to go see Messi. Nah, and fine. I go, yes, I do. Um, and we're doing it next year. Like I said, there's no way we wait any longer. Uh, we've waited a, a bit because we've had some other things we had to do, but I said, there's, there's no way like we will see Messi V uh, Real Madrid. Cause that's the only place I want to see him um, in Madrid because I want to be an away fan and we're doing it. Like, I don't give a shit. We're doing it. Um, <clears throat> and she was like, well, why are you so insistent? And I go, cause I don't know if I'm going to see him again. Right. You know? I don't want to see him coming off the bench. I want to see him as Lionel Messi, right. the player at Barca that I've seen for the past 12, 15 years yeah. playing this game at the 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 highest level it's able to be played. <laughs> and I mean, Brian will attest to the fact that there is not a soccer player that means more to me than Lionel Messi. There is not one. Not a one. Yeah. Um, so... If you have admiration for players, you should support them. You should right. try to show that support. Um, if you're a passionate sports fan, I understand not everybody is. That's okay. I am. And I am with a lot of sports. <laughs> so it's it's like, to me, 
I, I, I try to see the players that I want to see. And Lino Messi will be at the top of my list over the next year. And, um, you know, like I, I saw Kobe, I saw him against the Timberwolves game six and game seven, no game five and game seven. And the 2003 playoffs, we were in the way top section, but Kobe definitely stabbed our hearts. So, you know, it's just the way it works. Well, the reason I bring up Pudge in particular is because he crosses over multiple boundaries at this point. He does. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Ivan Rodriguez is part, uh, he has a, a beer named after him. It's called 13 Gold, named after the 13 gold gloves that Pudge won as a catcher. And in my mind, it would be fucking great if I could brew a like the ultimate, like where I could die happy, like as far as a sports fan, beer fan, would be to connect with Pudge, brew a beer together that he can put his name on, and that would be the goal. That'd be amazing. the The shit that I would fill my pants with at that point would be just uh, like unfounded. You know what I mean? Like oh. it's it's one thing to see your 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 You'd probably package it and sell it. Should. It's gonna taste like fucking a lifelong goal. It doesn't need to taste. It doesn't need to taste. It could just be Oh, it like, would achieve a lifelong goal. That's it could that's, just that's be what it is. Like, You're right. Taste is not a good 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 point, Frank. Good point. You're on dry. top of that. You're on top of that marketing game. <laughs> it doesn't need to be even smelly. It could just be, really just be experience. It just experienced. Ah. <laughs> Experience from a distance. No, uh, no, but that's what gets me. Like he produces a beer under his name. It is not with a brewery that I would always agree with their production process. But his beer is good, and like I feel like ah, it would be better. <clears throat> with a Brian beer. If it was a Brian beer, I'm just saying. I, I listen. You know. I don't know a whole lot of things in this world, but one thing, one of the things that I do know is, is beer. Anyway, I say that to say this. Um, as we wrap this evening, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say as we wrap this evening. Well, I gave you the whole. Oh, you did? I didn't see that. I was I was longing. Let's go. Round I was longing bases. at what I was holding up. Get it uh, out of the park. Round the bases. So there are a few beers that influence have influenced my uh, beer journey in this world. One of them being Guinness, another one being St. Saint Ar- Saint Arnold's Lawnmower, and another being Old Rasputin by North Coast Brewing. This beer is up there. It shows how to use hops properly. It shows how to use malt in balance, and it shows that 5% beer can taste absolutely amazing. Is it from Tampa Bay? It is from Florida. I think it's Tampa Bay. Uh, is it Tampa Bay? Okay. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna agree with you because it might not be from. I think I'm gonna look up cigars. God Stadium. damn it! It's from Tampa, Florida. No, yeah. no, I, I had no idea if it was or not. I, all I know is I had this beer the first time. This is Cigar City Brewing. Uh, it's Invasion Tropical Pale Ale. I had this beer the first time when I went to Pensacola three years ago, and I bought a case of it because it was so fucking good. I drank a case of this and a case of Yingling Black and Tan while I was in Pensacola for a week. Two days. <laughs> 36 hours I was there. <laughs> it was amazing. No. One beer an hour. Well, half, half a beer every... Yeah, no. Two beers an hour. Anyway. Uh, invasion... Wait, like in 30 rack case? 
No, it was 24, 24 cans. Oh. I, well, I bought, okay, so here's the deal. Publix, it, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the beauty that uh, is Publix. Like shitty H-E-B. Uh, it's yeah it's h-e-b across the cvs okay yeah, it's it's h-e-b it's, it's, it's a great store it's a great h-e-b store. prices with cvs what the fuck are we doing in here yeah. you know what i mean like <laughs> is that a wine line right next to the <laughs> chips is that what we're dealing with we had to look a legit amount of time for a fucking wine opener in Publix when we went there okay so like there's you you shouldn't have to look this long for simple products anyway uh, when we went, uh, I, I literally bought based on availability and price. Yangling was six ninety nine a six pack, and this Invasion Pale Ale was seven ninety nine a six pack. And I was like, "Well, let me give this shit a shot." I bought a six pack of each. I drank a majority of them in the first day and a half that I was there. The next time we went back to Publix, I just bought three six packs of like basically bought the rest of the shelf on each one of those items. And when I say to you that Invasion legitimately changed the way I thought about pale ales and about pale beers in general, pale hoppy beers. I, I can't eat. The beer is so fucking good. It has everything that you want in a hoppy beer. It has everything you want in a pale ale. It's just fucking amazing. Uh, and all that to say is it's in Texas for a limited time. It's, it's, it's here as a seasonal beer. And oh, as okay. long as it is here, I will be, like the shit will be in my refrigerator. It's awesome. fucking phenomenal. The shit was canned less than thirty days ago. All right. It's just so fucking good. And the fact that it's now it's here, it's eight ninety nine a six pack. Thanks, Texas. Appreciate it. Uh so hold on. I just want to address one thing. Before we head out, um, we were supposed to have Parker on this cast. We were. He did not join. No, he did not. Um, some say it's because he, uh, had a church gathering to go to. Did you know he was a priest? I don't like where this is going, but my, uh, you, but my improv, my improv side is saying yes. And what Frank? No, hold on. You know, he was, he like, what, what's it called? Coordinating a wedding or what's that thing? Wedding planner. No, not coordinating. Adjudicating. What's it's like when you're the priest at a wedding. Huh? Officiated. Officiated a wedding. Yeah. Okay. So this motherfucker officiated his friend's wedding, not mine, who is his best friend. <laughs> well, okay. All right. So didn't join tonight. Real disappointed in him. Real disappointed. I thought priests show up to their commitments. That's all I'm saying here. Okay. It's not. It's not a joke. I just is it. It's commitment to. Is that like a pun or? No, it's not. I was real disappointed. I know he's got his little like priest card, whatever. You got to show up when you say you show up. You know. What? Josh, I don't need to be dealing outside. with your alter ego. What? Oh. Ah! <laughs> God damn it! I even drew you in after you knew you got drew in. God damn it. I No. You know what? You know what? No, we're getting out of here. We're getting out of here. Uh, I've had a fun time up until the last 30 seconds. 
you know what? Thank you all for joining us this episode as well as all the other episodes that you join us on. Uh, as you know, this is the part where I say please check us out over on Instagram and Twitter at no Beer Left Cast. Also on Twitter at NBLB underscore beer. Uh, while you're at it on your uh, on your mobile devices, go ahead and go to the uh, podcast app and, or, or the Stitcher app and leave us a positive five-star review, if you will. Let us know how we're doing good, and uh, we'd appreciate it. Tell a friend about us while you're at it, and, you know, just in general, thank you for listening to No We're Left Behind. For Brian here in North Texas, until next time, I am out. For Frank, down in south, 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 north of South Padre, uh, be sure to, you know, love your pets while they're here. I'm out. Yeah.